An early sign of diabetic ketoacidosis is polyuria, which is excessive urination. Hyperglycemia is seen in diabetic ketoacidosis, not hypoglycemia. However, while treating DKA, hypoglycemia can occur. Clients experiencing DKA is more likely to experience tachypenia, not bradypenia. Let's get NCLEX ready! Hi, I'm Nurse Jojo, registered nurse and founder of Cutie Nurses. Join me as I break down the most difficult questions and share the tools that empowered over 1,500 students to crush the NCLEX exam. Each week, I'll share tips, reviews, along with a ton of resources to help you become a registered nurse and thrive. So step into the world of nursing with confidence at cutienurses.com start. 10 Weekly Tricky Practice NCLEX Questions and Answers Ready to sharpen your skills for the NCLEX? Dive into our series of 10 Tricky Practice NCLEX Questions and Answers. Whether you're a seasoned student or just starting out, these questions are sneaky and easy to get wrong, especially under pressure. Let's conquer these tricky NCLEX questions together. Question 1. A nurse is providing care for a client with a suspected pulmonary embolism. Which of the following symptoms would the nurse expect to find in a client with a suspected pulmonary embolism? A. Hives B. Technopenia C. Hypotension or D. Bradycardia And the correct answer is B. Tachypnea. So let's go over the rationale. Tachypnea, which is when the breathing is abnormally rapid and shallow, is an expected finding in a client that presents with pulmonary embolism. Tachypnea occurs as a result of impaired gas exchange. Know that pulmonary embolism occur when there is a sudden blockage in the pulmonary arteries. Knowing what pulmonary embolism is will help you realize that this will cause difficulty breathing. This will help you see the answer technopenia jump at you in comparison to the other answers that are not related to pulmonary embolism. On to question two. A nurse is providing care for a client who is receiving blood transfusion. The client states that he is itching and suddenly feels chill. Which of the following actions should the nurse take next? A. Stop the transfusion immediately. B. Slow down the transfusion rate. C. Call the provider. Or D. Increase the transfusion rate. And the correct answer is... A. Stop the transfusion immediately. So let's go over the rationale. The nurse should not jump to calling the provider. The question is asking what should the nurse do next. The first step is to stop the transfusion immediately. This already automatically removes slowing down or increasing the transfusion rate. Calling the provider would be the next step. All right, you're doing good so far, so we're gonna jump to question three. A nurse is providing care for a client diagnosed with congestive heart failure, abbreviated to CHF. The client's weight must be monitored on a daily basis. Which of the following weight gain should be reported to the provider? A, one pound, B, two pounds, C, three pounds, or D, Four pounds. And the correct answer is C, 
three pounds. Rationale: the nurse should report a weight gain of three pounds or more within 24 hours to the provider. A gain of one or two pounds can be a daily weight fluctuation or any other number of reasons. But if the client gains three pounds, it may be due to fluid retention that can indicate worsening heart. Failure. Four pounds weight gain should definitely be reported, but the nurse should report three pounds weight gain before getting to four pounds. Question four: The nurse is providing patient education for hypertension management. Which of the following indicates that the client has an understanding of hypertension? Management. If my blood pressure is within normal limits, I can stop taking my blood pressure medication. B. Gaining weight will help me manage my blood pressure. C. I should increase my sodium intake. D. I should take my blood pressure vitals before I take my blood pressure medication. And the correct answer is D. I should take my blood pressure vitals before I take my blood pressure medication. Rationale. If the blood pressure is too low, then the client may end up having hypotension. So the client should take his or her blood pressure prior to taking blood pressure medication. The blood pressure is within normal limits due to the blood pressure medication. Stopping the blood pressure medication can cause the blood pressure to go back up. Weight loss plays a factor in improving blood pressure. Gaining weight would not help the client manage his or her blood pressure. Increasing sodium intake can increase the blood pressure, so the nurse should not encourage an increase in sodium intake. Question five: A nurse is providing care for a 35 years old female client who is diagnosed with chronic kidney disease. Which of the following dietary recommendation is appropriate for this client? A Low potassium intake, B, high potassium intake, C, low protein intake, or D, high sodium intake. And the correct answer is A, low potassium intake. Rationale: A client with chronic kidney disease will have decreased kidney function, which means that potassium and sodium cannot be excreted efficiently. B and C should be eliminated based on this logic and process of elimination. Clients with chronic kidney disease are encouraged to increase their protein intake so we can eliminate low protein intake. The nurse should encourage the client with chronic kidney disease to have low potassium intake. Okay, how are you holding up? We're now at the halfway mark. Let's take a moment to pause and take a deep breath. Every like, comment, and subscribe goes a long way, and helps me create more videos where we break down the hardest NCLEX questions. I appreciate all of your comments, so please like this video, subscribe if you haven't already, and share this video with your fellow aspiring nurses. Ready to tackle the second half? Let's jump right back in. Question number six. A 41 years old male client presents to the emergency department and has type 1 diabetes mellitus. This nurse is providing care for the client and knows that which of the following is an early sign of diabetic ketoacidosis, which is abbreviated to DKA: A. Bradycardia, B. Bradypenia, C. Polyuria, 
or D, hypoglycemia? And the correct answer is C, polyuria. Rationale. An early sign of diabetic ketoacidosis is polyuria, which is excessive urination. Hyperglycemia is seen in diabetic ketoacidosis, not hypoglycemia. However, while treating DKA, hypoglycemia can occur. Clients experiencing DKA is more likely to experience tachypnea, not bradypnea. Bradycardia is not usually seen in clients experiencing DKA. Question seven: A nurse is preparing a client for colonoscopy by providing patient education. The client has demonstrated understanding when he states which of the following statement: A. I should eat a low-fiber diet starting a week prior to the procedure. B. I can only have clear liquid 24 hours prior to my colonoscopy procedure. C. I should avoid drinking water 24 hours prior to my procedure. Or D. I can eat light meals but not must not eat anything after midnight. And the correct answer is. B. I can only have clear liquids 24 hours prior to my colonoscopy procedure. Rationale: The tricky part about this is that a lot of procedure requires the client to not eat anything after midnight. The nurse educates the client to be NPO after midnight. However, with a colonoscopy, the client should consume only clear liquids 24 hours prior to the colonoscopy procedure and cannot eat anything during this time frame. Eating a low-fiber diet doesn't ensure that the client will avoid eating anything for 24 hours. Prior to the procedure, the client should not avoid drinking water at this time. Question eight: A nurse is assigned to a client who just had an appendectomy two hours ago. Which of the following findings should the nurse be alert for that can indicate a post-operative appendectomy complication? A. Redness around the incision. B. Hypertension. C. Pain at the incision site or D. Purulent drainage at the incision. And the correct answer is D. Purulent drainage at the incision. So let's go over this rationale. The nurse should look for signs and symptoms of infection after an appendectomy. Purulent drainage at the incision can indicate an infection and should be reported to the provider. Pain and redness around the incision are respected findings and do not necessarily indicate an infection or complication. Hypertension is not a related finding that the nurse should associate with a potential post-operative infection. Question nine: Nurse Patrick is providing care for a client and noted that the client may be experiencing compartment syndrome following a fracture. Which of the following is a sign of compartment syndrome? A. Paresthesias. B. Polydipsia. C. Hypotension. Or D. Bradypnea. And the correct answer is A. Paresthesia. Rationale. Compartment syndrome is a serious condition that occurs with a buildup of excessive pressure inside an enclosed muscle space in the body. This usually happens after an injury such as a fracture. A decrease in blood flow can occur. 
due to this pressure, which causes oxygen from reaching the appropriate nerve in muscle cells. This is considered a medical emergency. Know the five P's of compartment syndrome, which are pain, pallor, paresthesia, pulselessness, and paralysis. And we're finally at the tenth and final question. A nurse is providing care for a client who is taking warfarin for atrial fibrillation. Which of the following laboratory values should be monitored to assess the therapeutic effect of warfarin? A. International normalized ratio, which you know as INR. B. Platelet count. C. Creatinine levels. Or D. Potassium levels. And the correct answer is A. International normalized ratio, also shortened to INR. And the rationale: Warfarin is prescribed to prevent blood clots. Warfarin is an anticoagulant and is monitored by international normalized ratio. Atrial fibrillation is an irregular and rapid heart rhythm. Atrial fibrillation can lead to blood clots in the heart, so warfarin can be prescribed for someone with a history of atrial fibrillation. The therapeutic range of INR is between two and three, but of course, this can vary in different hospitals. The nurse would not monitor the therapeutic effect of warfarin with platelet count, creatinine levels, or potassium level. Okay, you just completed 10 tricky NCLEX questions and answers. I'm so proud of you. If you managed to get more than 5 questions correct, you're well on your way. If you got more than 5 incorrect, hit that replay button and get yourself comfortable with my rationale. That's what I'm here for. Looking for more tips and tricks to make your journey even more fun and engaging? Check out my next video where we dive into more essential nursing school hacks. Thanks for dropping in and see you in the next video. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Want more tips and tricks for passing the NCLEX? Then be sure to check out cutienurses.com slash start. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. See you next week.